Amen. Thank you, ladies, and uh, Brother Robert, thank you for leading us in worship this morning. Well, again, I uh, bring you greetings from Lafayette, and uh, having started at the Louisiana Baptist Convention on March the 1st, I'm still kind of new at some of this stuff, but I figured out, Brother Richard, that anywhere that I've been asked to preach, I should gauge the preaching time for the distance that I traveled. So I left at 7.30 this morning. I got here at 10.30. That means three hours, huh? Y'all ready for that? Three hours. No, I wouldn't wouldn't do that. But uh, I do want to say good morning and greetings from Louisiana Baptist Convention. After serving in churches for 32 years, uh, the Lord allowed me to come and to serve uh, you through the Louisiana Baptist Convention. So thank you, Brother Richard. Thank you, Mount Olivet Baptist Church, for your uh, support for your participation in the cooperative program through what we are able to do individually. We join together and are able to advance the kingdom of God uh, in our own neighborhoods uh, to clear across the world. And so thank you for that support and and, uh, continue to pray for the work that is going on through our Southern Baptist Convention. Well, let me invite you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Judges, if you would, please. Maybe... um, uh, you need to be reminded that's in the Old Testament. Um, I don't know. Maybe your pastor is uh, different than some, many. Uh, we don't hear probably many messages out of the book of Judges. But as I was uh, reading through this, there's a verse of Scripture that I want to share with you this morning that just really grabbed my heart, that God uh, got my attention that I want to share with you is certainly in the midst of what we have been facing. And so let me draw you back to 2020. Unfortunately, we began to share with you um, some news that maybe we'd like to forget and, and kind of go on. And, and, uh, but the reality is it was there. It happened. So on January the 20th, 2020, the Director General of the World Health Organization, that which we began to know as WHO, declared the outbreak of COVID-19 to be a public health emergency of international concern and then at that time issued a set of temporary recommendations. Well, in early March of 2020, WHO declared COVID-19 a pandemic, a disease outbreak occurring over a wide geographic area and affecting an exceptionally high proportion of the population. Well, today, no doubt, we are, or this month, or close to it, we are marking 15 months of this declared pandemic in the United States that has brought about deaths, hospitalizations, large public events, gatherings canceled, including church services, schools moved to virtual classrooms, the wearing of personal protective equipment, stay-at-home orders by politicians, businesses closed, and isolation of many at-risk people. Certainly, this is not a foreign or a distant problem, as you are well aware of some of your own family, perhaps some of you in in your church, and and, uh, even close to it, your own pastor, having suffered many of these symptoms over these last couple of months. But again, the reality is these months, this year, this past year, have been difficult on all of us, and for many different reasons. Not only did the pandemic 
hinder and distract the work of the work of the work of the Lord here in our own convention with two hurricanes coming to South Louisiana, uh, ice storms and and uh, and floods of sort. All of that began to impact pastors, ministers, and churches in whole. And though we cannot and must not ignore those times, we need to be asking the question, even yet still here today, what is making 2021 different? As individuals and as a church, what is different today than what it was 14 or 15 months ago? What is it that God is personally doing in your life? And ultimately, what is God doing that is different in the life of Mount Olivet Baptist Church? What is it that God has been showing you? What is it that God has brought to your attention that is big, that is wow, that is supernatural, that has not been done before, and perhaps God has used this moment, God has used these months to get our attention? Someone once described the journey of life like this. When as a child, I laughed and wept, time crept. When as a youth, I dreamed and talked, time walked. When I became a full-grown man, time ran. And later, as I grow older, time flew. Soon, I shall find, while traveling on, time gone. You know, the reality of something like that is that life continues to move forward. Life continues to move on. And though we may at times would like to push the pause button or maybe shift down into a lower gear and act as if life is slowing down or perhaps even trying to bring a pause to the moment, the reality is life continues to move on. Life continues to move forward. Well, in Judges chapter 8, verse 4, there are five words that I want to share with you this morning. But before I do that, I want us to read that passage of Scripture. You may just remain seated in honor of me reading the Scripture here this morning. It's just one verse. Judges chapter 8, verse 4. The Scripture says that Gideon... And the 300 men came to the Jordan and crossed it. They were exhausted, but still in pursuit. Did you catch those five words? Exhausted, but still in pursuit. Other translations might read faint, yet pursuing, or weary, yet pursuing. Can I get an amen? Amen. Weary, but yet still in pursuit. Would you bow with me for a time of prayer again? Our Father, as we come before you this day, Father, we're grateful for the church. We're grateful for Mount Olivet Baptist Church. And Father, we're grateful for our pastors and our shepherds, Brother Richard and his wife and family. And God, how I pray even now that you would bless them, bless this church. Father, as we continue to study your word, how I pray that you would honor my preparation. Father, that the words of my heart would be acceptable in your sight. 
And Father, that this would be a word that we all need to hear, a word that would encourage us, inspire us. Father, to continue to do the work that you've called us to do. And I pray this prayer in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, as we look at this passage here this morning, let me draw a little bit of the background or the setting of what the book of Judges is all about. Theologians tell us that Judges was written about in a period of about 300 years. And as you draw back on the history of the Israelites, you will remember that there in the book of Exodus, God began to reveal his plan for them. God began to reveal his purpose for this people, his people, the nation of Israel. Remember, there was a time of bondage. There was that time of slavery in which they were all involved in. God began to prepare his leaders. Specifically, he used Moses and then he used Joshua to bring those people out of their bondage, out of their slavery, and begin to move them into a land that he had promised for them, the land of Canaan. Well, they have now made their arrival. Judges is about that time in the history of Israel in which they are beginning to claim the land. They are beginning to possess the land that God had brought them to. Through this encounter, though, they're enemies that they have to defeat. And so over and over, these battles begin to take place. God begins to use his leaders, his judges in this book, to lead the nation of Israel in order to defeat those enemies. Some of them are, some of those times they are successful, other times they are not. In Judges 6, 7, and 8, God calls a man named Gideon to lead the, the, the Israelites in moving in and continuing to claim the land. And there was one particular enemy called the Midianites that were rather difficult, that were more stronger than they were. And the Bible tells us in Judges chapter 6 that they endured this enemy for six years, going back and forth. Sometimes they would gain, sometimes they would lose. Sometimes they would gain, sometimes they would lose. And here in Judges chapter 8, we see that after this long period of time, they have finally defeated the Midianites. And as chapter 8, verse 4 indicates, these men crossed over the Jordan and completed that defeat. And what we have here, again, is an idea, a sense, that God used a, a man named Gideon to stay in the fight, to not give up, to not grow weary. And I drove from Lafayette, Louisiana this morning to say the same message to every one of you here today, that you would stay in the fight, that you would not be discouraged, that you would not grow weary, that you would continue to do the work of the Lord. I want to encourage you. I want to inspire you. I want to motivate you to not give up. And whatever you're facing here today, Whatever you, maybe you've been facing for a long time. Maybe it seems like seven long years for you, but the reality has just been seven days. Maybe seven minutes, but it's real. It's real, and you're weary, and you're tired, and maybe you're discouraged, 
And maybe you're asking the question, what's the use of going on? What's the purpose that the Lord has for my life? I've entitled this message just simply, Weary Yet Pursuing, with a subtitle, Lessons About Obedience. And so here's the first lesson. Obedience to the Lord, are you ready? Brings hardship. Obedience to the Lord brings weakness. Now, I said this was going to be encouraging. I said this was going to be inspiring. I said this was going to motivate you. But you see, this first lesson is a lesson that we have to learn right here at the beginning. Before we move to the other lessons, we have to understand that our obedience to the Lord, at some time, it's going to involve hardships. It's going to involve some difficulties. As believers, we must understand that surrendering our lives to the Lord was never intended to be easy. There is, there are no verses in the Bible that teach that the Christian life is going to be easy. When you and I surrender our life to Jesus Christ and we accepted that free gift of salvation, we not only made him the savior of our life, we not only received the promise of eternal life and now abundant life, but we were also making him the Lord of our life. In fact, the opposite is true of what we think about. The Bible says that when you and I became a Christian, when we surrendered our life to Jesus Christ, we needed to get ready for trials. We needed to get ready for hardships. We needed to get ready for persecutions for the sake of the Lord. You see, the physical faintness of Gideon's troops here illustrates for us the spiritual faintness of our own Christian lives. Sometimes we are going to be weak. Sometimes we are going to get tired. There will be some days when it will be difficult to get up and put on Jesus some moments when we may feel like slowing down or even stopping. But Gideon is teaching us the value of persevering even in the midst of weariness, even in the midst of weakness and hardships that life brings to us. He teaches us that whatever we commit to do for the Lord needs to be completed, that it needs to be finished. Now, Gideon had had previous success in overcoming other enemies, but now it seems that he was faced with the toughest enemy of all, one that he had endured, that he had faced for six long and difficult years. And though we don't have this information specifically in the text, it seems to me that as I thought about him and thought about some of the things that I have faced over these years, 
that Gideon began to think about the past as well as the present and certainly of the future. As Gideon thought about the past, as God was calling him to defeat the Midianites, he must have thought not of only his successes, but he must have thought about his losses. He must have thought about his mistakes. He must have thought about those times in which he too wanted to give up. That he didn't have the energy, that he didn't have the zeal to be able to keep moving forward yet for another day. And so Gideon began to think about the past, but also he began to think about the present. Again, I remind you that in Judges 6, 7, and 8, God uses this leader to bring a, an army of men in a very unorthodox, unconventional method. And certainly the strategy that they use was one that had never been heard of, one that had never been practiced before. Remember, in this story, there's a group of 32,000 fighting men. And God says to Gideon, I want you to put a test to them. Any of those that are tired, any of those that are weary, any of those who are not brave, who do not have the courage, I want you to send them home. And what had got, what happened? 22,000 people left that army, only leaving 10,000. And God said, that's still too many. And so he issued another test. He, draw, he, he brought them down to the river and they began to, to lap the water. And God said, these who do it a certain way are going to be the ones that are going to go forward and defeat the Midianites. And so out of that, as we know, God used 300 men. And so Gideon, as he's thinking about the present and yet drawing back on the past, thinking about what is going to happen with just a small group of men, no doubt he begins to think about the future. He thinks about his own life. What if I lose again? What about the opposition? What about the persecution that is going to stay before me? Those days of marching in battle, the heat, the hunger, the thirst, the weight of their army, all armor, all of those things had exhausted them to which there was no more strength. They were weary. They were faint. And they were broken. And yet, in their weariness, they kept pursuing because their obedience to the Lord compelled them to stay in the work and to finish the job. This morning, we all need this reminder. We all must resolve to put on a little more energy, to work a little harder toward the extra task that the Lord has awaiting us. In spite of our weariness, in spite of our brokenness, as individuals and as a church, 
we should remain obedient even, even, even in those moments in the face of opposition and hindrances. Confidence of this, that he who started a good work in us will complete, complete it all, bring it to completion. Obedience to the Lord's work will bring hardship, but with the Lord's work, with the Lord's help, we will be able to persevere. But there's a second lesson that I want to share with you here this morning, and it gets a lot better. And that is those who remain obedient to the Lord define or express encouragement. You know, living a life of obedience for the Lord can be hard. And sometimes it can be lonely. But here is the lesson, again, that we need to learn from Gideon. As we go back and we read through Judges chapter 6, we find that the author describes Gideon as one who is a valiant man. In fact, when God calls him, he refers to him as a valiant warrior, someone who is strong, thoroughly equipped for his work, someone who was bold and who had enthusiasm. He had a heart loyal to the Lord. Did he make mistakes? Well, absolutely Was he at moments faithless? Well, sure he was. He was a man just like any of us. Likewise, the men in his army were also competent men, highly chosen men. And again, as we see in the calling of these men, men who had no fear for the enemy, chosen in a unique way and used in a non-conventional war method in order to defeat an enemy. Tired? Yes. Discouraged? Yes. Weary? Yes. Disobedient? No. Failing? No. Quitting? No. You see, through it all, they stayed together They planned together, and they worked together. Today, again, I think we would do well to be reminded of the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you remember these words? What Jesus is saying to his disciples that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then also in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, when God says to Peter, he said, Peter, I'm going to build my church and not even the gates of hell will be able to prevail against it. As you look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, those verses are a loud and clear reminder that we are not alone. 
Jesus is reminding you, he is reminding me, he is reminding the church that we have the power of God resting in us. That when we became a true follower of Jesus Christ, he gave to us the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He is reminding us that he is going to continue to do his work, that he is going to build his church, and nothing, nothing, not even a pandemic will be able to prevail against it. We have Jesus, and we have each other. It is a reminder that the church is not just one, but many members That in times we rejoice with those who are rejoicing. And that at other times we weep with those who are weeping. Yes, there will be days and moments when we are weary. And so we need someone to encourage us. Christian, stay obedient. Church, stay in the work of the Lord, it is an encouragement to all of us. But then here's a third lesson, and that is only those who remain obedient to the Lord will share in the victory. You have your Bibles open. Let's see that verse again. Gideon and the 300 men came to the Jordan and crossed it. They were exhausted, but still in pursuit. You see, faintness and weariness can be overcome by the believer. Faintness is not unto death. It can be overcome. And though the troops of Gideon were faint, they still pursued. You know, I was thinking, I've been thinking about this in an ironic way, Being faint can be a good thing. To be more specific, only when we are faint in our obedience to the Lord will we be victorious. Maybe another way to look at this is to think of the word dependent. Only when you and I and when the church is dependent solely upon the power of And the words of Jesus Christ for his church, only when we are dependent on those things will we be victorious. Because when we are at our weakest, God is always at his strongest in our lives. You see, the real source of victory is not our strength, but rather it is God's. Again, if you have your Bible open, and we're coming to the end here, but turn back to Judges chapter 7, verse number 2. Judges 7, 2. Uh, yeah, 7, 2. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many troops for me to hand the Midianites over to them, or else... Or else Israel might elevate themselves over me and say, my own strength saved me. Listen, when we are most faint, God is most effective. When we are most weary, God is most powerful. When we are most exhausted, We are least self-confident. Paul, 
in his, one of his letters reminds us of this truth as well when he wrote, My grace is sufficient for power is perfected in weakness. Those who remain obedient to the Lord will be able to share in the victory of the Lord. I once read a story about one of Poland's famous concert pianists and Prime Minister Ignacy Paderewski. I think that's how you say that. The story is, he tells the story about a young mother who had a young child that began taking piano lessons. And the mother thought if there would be any occasion upon which she could bring her son to hear this great pianist play the piano, that that would encourage him, that would inspire him, that he would stay with it, he would continue to take lessons. And so she found out that Paderewski was coming to her city. She bought the tickets, and on the day of the concert, they arrived They found their seats close to the front of the room, in the center of the room, close to the stage. As the two sat down, the mother noticed a friend that was also there, and she began to have a a conversation with her. And for several minutes, they, they visited. And then it was time for the concert to begin. The lights on the stage came up. And the lights in the house began to dim. And there the mother turned around and when she did, she noticed that her young boy had slipped away, got up on the stage and was sitting at the piano plucking out twinkle, twinkle, little star. The mother, obviously embarrassed and needing to do something, she began to leave her seat and rush to the stage. And as she did, she noticed Paderewski walking from the back of the stage, somewhat of in a hurried way. And he walked over to that piano, and he stood behind that little boy, and he said, Don't quit. Keep playing. And then with his left hand, he reached around that boy and With his left fingers, he began to add to what he was playing. And then with his right hand, he reached around the other side. And with his right fingers, he began to add to what was already being played. And there for several minutes, that little boy in this great pianist concert master mesmerized the audience playing Twinkle, Twinkle, little star. In our own lives, unpolished though we may be, weary and faint through the days, it is the master who surrounds us and just when we want to stop and just when we want to Quit. We hear words of hope and words of encouragement. Don't stop. 
keep playing. Mount Olivet Baptist Church, Christian, don't quit. Dad, mom, grandparent, Sunday school teacher, school teacher, businessman, student, retiree, don't quit. Keep serving. Keep studying. Keep teaching. Keep singing, going, praying, and keep witnessing. Tired? Yes. Weary? Yes. Exhausted? Yes. Disobedient? No, God is still on his throne and he still wants to share the victory with every one of us. May it be the testimony of my life, of your life. May it be the testimony of Mount Olivet Baptist Church that we are weary, but we are still in pursuit. That we're going to remain obedient to what God has called us to do. That we're going to look for the extraordinary that we're going to look for the supernatural, that we're going to look for that which has never been done before because God has called us to do the work and our obedience compels us to stay in there, to not quit, to not grow weary in doing good. Would you bow your heads, please, as we come to our time of response?